0: Hey guys, what's happening? Oh. It's Kiss everybody! Hey people! What's happening? We're going out on tour, you heard already. Uh, Kiss the Crew Tour going out this summer. The tour of the summer. And, and the tickets go on sale on Friday? Friday, be there or be sorry. You guys should think about selling some merchandising on this tour. What Just a, a little, good little ide- something to think about. Good idea.
1: All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. There we
2: go. Woo! All right. Well, (laughs) here we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Nice. (laughs) I'm Ken Mills. And of course, we're joined by Chris Sinzak of Decibel Geek podcast fame, Cassius Morris, that reporter kid, and the ever hairy. Uh, the the ever hairy quarter. Yes, there we go. Okay, all right. So there we go. Well, now we're. I'm I want to
1: ever- know how I got to be the Wookie of the podcast. That's what Gary was calling me. There's that's probably people good. out there going, "I have way longer hair than that guy." I don't know.
3: They don't really have it on their back.
1: Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's
2: the problem. Welcome to what we're going to call an instant podcast. This is a podcast special. Candy corn, feathers, and crew. Oh, my. A lot of news going on in the world of KISS, so we're going to take it to our news guy, Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris.
3: On uh, March 20th, KISS announced the tour with Motley Crue at the Roosevelt Ho- Hotel in Hollywood, California. But let me throw out a few facts real quick, and then we can discuss the uh, tour sponsored by Live Nation. And then their first official date is in Bristow, Virginia on July 20th, and it will run all the way through September 23rd in Hartford, Connecticut. Motley is going to open all of the shows. It's the first tour that the band has done together since a few dates on the 1982 Creatures of the Night tour, which was 30 years ago this year. To have us and you and, and, and
4: together, I think it's
5: this summer, Hard Rock
3: icons Kiss and Motley crew are joining forces for a massive 40-day tour. After holding a press conference in LA to officially announce the tour, the guys sat down with us to tell us what to expect
1: and to talk about their history over the past 30 years.
6: We have a long history, I'm proud to say, of sharing the stage with some of the bands who've become the biggest bands on Earth. ACDC, obviously Motley, Bon Jovi, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Rush, you, you name it, they've shared the stage with us and vice versa. We didn't want to just go out and do another tour. We wanted somebody on there sharing the stage with us who was gonna blow the stage up and kick everybody in the nuts. If you haven't heard of them, let me introduce you to them. Three decades old, Motley Crue.
2: We played five shows together in 1982. Creatures of the
6: Night and uh, Kiss gave us our first tour. They sort of I we you
0: know, we sort of lost our virginity to these guys. First tour us? So to speak. So to speak. Actually we did lose our virginity to these guys, but that's another story. I remember, you know, when, when Motley did those shows with us in the in the eighties and eighty two, you know, you, you look out there and you go, I didn't know that was my child, you know. It's kinda like, Wow, you know, they they were a great combination of a lot of bands that we really liked and we certainly saw ourselves in it and you know, you, you couldn't help but follow their trajectory, and again, it's not about surviving; it's about thriving. These guys have been around and continue, you know, to go out there and, and sell out arenas, stadiums, tour the world, and that's that's the bottom line. That's what that that's the deciding factor.
6: I, I remember, I remember the the uh, that that tour that you know we didn't really have any money or anything, and so we tried to put a stage show together. It was the same stage show that we were using, like at the Whiskey a Go Go and we had these basically sticks with skulls on them and we lit them on fire. Sort of a voodoo thing. And
0: I remember your road crew was going like, the f- is this sh-? I swear, <laughs> I remember seeing this stuff and thinking it looked like a kid's ride that you yeah. would go through. <laughs> Woo, there's a tombstone. And you know, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, a skull on a stick. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's all we had. We, That's had, it. we had no we money. Had, yeah.
6: Okay, everybody kids around with it. Here's what really happened backstage. Yeah, Because we're busy putting on our makeup. They start to play, and we stop. It's happened to us before. We heard ACDC play when they're opening their first tour. And Rush and Judas Priest and Army. You, you go, uh-oh. This is real. This is real. On both ends of the spectrum. You got a candle burning at both ends. When it gets to the middle, the world blows up. This is music to wake up the dead
0: we don't mean grateful. The idea is that both bands go out there and do exactly what they want to do. And the other band supports them in doing it. We want to make sure that Motley goes out there and does the ultimate Motley show. And we will go out there and do the ultimate Kiss show. This is being done for the fans. The fans are going to get a night they won't forget. It's not a rock concert. It's an event. It's the tour. We said it because it is. This is rock and roll's finest hour. And we will spend it blowing everything up in sight. Be there or be sorry.
2: Well, here we are. There's been an announcement. Mr. George Lopez was at the Roosevelt Hotel. He announced the tour, which is what they're calling it. What do you guys think? Kiss and Motley Crue. Let's go with Chris. What do you think?
3: I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I I love Motley Crue on record. I love the early stuff. Uh, i'm not the biggest fan of them live i've seen them three times and i'll go because it's fun and i like the songs but uh certainly not the not the greatest live band on earth but i like the combination together so i mean I'm, i'm excited to go
1: and here we have matt welcome hey guys what's up the uh I actually will be going to that Bristow, Virginia show opening night, um, which I'm really psyched about. I saw them there on Rock the Nation tour, and I think it's the first time in Rock the Nation tour they had Poison that was opening up. It's the first time in years that we've had anybody even close to a named band opening for KISS. Uh, you know, I don't think the Envy fans or the Academy Is fans were actually scooping up a lot of <laughs> tickets. But, uh, you know, so I think it's exciting. It's a lot of value. I mean, yeah, the tickets are expensive, but you're paying for two of the greatest bands. I mean, Motley Crue, not as great as Kiss. But, hey, I don't care who's opening up. I'm going to see Kiss anyway.
2: Somebody somewhere on a crew cast is talking about how Kiss stinks and Motley Crue's better. We're going to leave <laughs> after, <laughs> after After, after Motley Crue. Right. Right. Uh, Cassius, what do you think?
5: Hello everybody. Um, I think that this is great. I'm so thrilled I'm to see them. I'm gonna be at the Toronto show on September thirteenth. Come up and say hi everybody. And um I'm just thrilled I've been getting into Motley Crue lately since I'm I'm, you know, I'm a beginner in the Motley um world. I haven't really listened to much of their music and I'm really thrilled. It's gonna be great. As far as my thoughts, Motley Crue, I think Chris
2: summed it up pretty well. They're a really great band on album. Not so much live, Vince seems to sing about every third or fourth word, but I think it's going to be a good show for rock and roll fans, so there you go. Now, the most important thing, and why we're calling this episode Candy Corn, Feathers, and Crew Oh My, is that there are people who are seemingly really excited and or upset about what seem to be the new costume variations for KISS. And the first thing that people have noticed is Paul's feathers. Mm-hmm. We're going to go around the room. Cassius, what do you think about the feathers and the candy corn on Jean's armor? Which I guess we should explain that some people are saying that the spikes on Jean's armor look like candy corn. What What are your reaction to the new costumes go member by member? Cassius.
5: All right. Well, I'll start with Eric. Um, I think that Eric – It's pretty much a stripped down version with a little bit of, you know, extra little features like the snakes on his boots and the spider web on his back, which isn't all that noticeable. I mean, he's a drummer. He's sitting facing towards the audience. You know, I don't feel that was very necessary. Um, so I don't like that there was less stuff on his costume. Um, and Tommy, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I know Ken, you had that. Ken had this Photoshop picture that where he kind of made a little, uh adjustment to his costume which i thought looked a lot better um but i don't know tommy's costume is just okay uh jeans i think looks really cool and he looks you know just a tad more demonic and paul's it took me a while to get used to as as i think it did for everybody if they're even used to it yet um but i like it i am you know 50 50 happy happy with gene and paul unhappy with uh, tommy eric's costumes
2: mr matt
1: porter You know, I really didn't think they looked so much like candy corns. I thought those spikes reminded me more of the Dynasty unmasked era where Gene had that kind of melted-looking costume that had those kind of spikes. So I thought that was pretty good. The feathers actually caught me off guard more than anything because that whole vest thing, it looks like a linebacker, like a pair of shoulder pads with feathers on it. But then really, like you said when we were talking before the show, he had those feathers back in '75. And, you know, I don't think they were ever quite as noticeable. Like, I mean, this thing seems to be the whole costume seems to be the feather costume. But um, but um really, I guess, you know, when you think of that, it's not that out of the ordinary. Gene, I was surprised to not see either the snakeskin boot or the kind of metal squared boot. It's kind of a weird like, tribal-looking thing. I don't know. That was kind of different to see those boots get changed. And, I mean, you know, Eric's costume doesn't look really different at all, except for they kind of removed. It's even more stripped down, like Cassius said. And, of course, I've been saying that that thing around Tommy's shoulders looked like a pasta shell. So maybe it's from back when he was getting their their food on the earlier tours, they made him a a fish pasta shell. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get it from somebody.
2: (laughs) Uh, <laughs> people either love that or they'll hate that. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the new costumes? As
3: far as what Matt was saying about Tommy's look, um, are you sure that the, the the top piece doesn't kind of look all, like the inner rings of a coffee can?
0: It, oh
1: it's odd God. looking, right? I mean, that's the thing, and it looks like it sits over the top of the old yeah. costume. It's like well, they just almost said, like a, a lid, center. right? Exactly. Here you go. Oh. Like, I, I, again, it's like a shoulder pad thing.
3: I didn't get to see Ken's photo top, but did you basically take that part of it and stretch it down through the v That's part? That's
1: exactly what
2: I
5: did.
3: Well, i have to look, look at that because that, that was my thought when I thought it. I was like, why not make the whole front of that look like that? So, Am I
5: the only... Sorry, go ahead.
3: Um, well, I mean, overall, I mean, I'm happy. I, I think I'm one of the few people that actually kind of likes Paul's new costume. Paul's costume has been pretty minimal, uh, you know, since the reunions were – I mean, I – I kind of dig the feathers. I think it's okay. I, I mean, the shin guards are a little weird. I mean, kind of, they kind of remind me of the shin guards that Gene wore on um, the Animalized to tour. Uh-huh. Um, and then you've got the vest tied to the chest, which is good. And it, but um, Eric's costume, there's not much to it. The spider thing's kind of neat. Reminds me of the old Fillmore shots from the 73. Um, and then Gene's, I mean, I like the new boot front. I think that's kind of cool. Um, the armor, I mean, I, I kind of wish he would have done something a little radically different on top, but it's cool. I like the candy corn spikes, I think, like Matt, so they remind me of Dynasty. Um, and then we also had Gene tweeting today about trying on his monster boots, so I'm wondering if he's going to switch things up some more.
2: Well, that brings me to an interesting point. Do you think that these are the finalized monster costumes, or is this a stopgap in between the Sonic Boom costumes to the monster costumes? Or are we just going to see tweaking? Um, I think
5: we tweaking at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I think we'll see some tweaking. Um, but, you know, I honestly, I don't really care if they even have new costumes at all. I mean, I, I could care less if they keep the Sonic Boom costumes, as long as we have some KISS uh, to look forward to. That's all I care about.
2: First and foremost, and I think this is going along with what Chris said, at least they're doing something.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there was a time when we didn't have a new album, And there was a time we didn't have new costumes. And in just a few years, we've had new costumes and an album, new costumes and a new album on the way. So I'm very happy about that.
1: I agree. I I really wish they had gone someplace almost a more unified look, almost like an elder, when they all had similarly themed. like they had more, like, you know what I mean? Like the elder costumes, as minimal as they were, seemed to have a little bit more of a cohesiveness. These, I think it's weird, because there's kind of holdovers from the Sonic Boom costumes, which the Sonic Boom costumes, for the most part, were a lot of just kind of modified alive costumes. But, I don't know, they seem a little bit like they're stretching out, like, like, where Eric's costume hardly touched at all, but yet Paul's is kind of the same, but with the feathers, which, okay, is 1975, and you got Gene, which is clearly the armor, but with some six-pack abs molded in this time, and, you know, it just seems like it's coming from all over the place. That, that was my thought. I thought, I think it's just like it almost doesn't seem to necessarily mesh. Well, you know,
2: you mentioned earlier, someone mentioned tribal and prehistoric. Yeah. Uh, these costumes would not look out of place in the Road Warrior movie. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so that's what I think is kind of cool about him, actually. Yeah. yeah. And the weird thing is, is my brother is a Kiss fan. He's probably as much a Kiss fan as any of us talking here tonight, or anybody listening. He just is not a kind of person that's going to go on a waste his time on a message board or on a podcast. Even. I asked him what he thought about the Kimmel performance. He, what did you think of the, the costumes? He says they look like Kiss. Yeah. And I really think at this stage in the career or at any stage in the career i mean if you if you take a look at the evolution of the costume from nineteen seventy three to nineteen seventy five to nineteen seventy six to seventy eight by the time it was done uh I mean there's nothing that really ever inherently screamed Peter Chris's uniform was a cat like the x's that across his chest with the bullets, you know what i mean the band or what are they called bandoleros yeah, yeah yeah, what does that have to do with cats right you it's know perfect. what I mean. It, it just, it just, it just look cool. So that's pretty much all Kiss really has to do is make some cool outfits. Because what is a star child and a demon? Apparently, can be a guy that wears stripped down leather or uh melted tinfoil. You know, whatever <laughs> the look may be. <laughs> but uh, we, as far as the feathers, have no fear about the feathers, gang. Because three songs in it's that go jacket's right go gone, just like any other jackets Paul's ever worn. 20th here with the classic Detroit
4: Rock City, KISS!
1: to be in great shape was Paul's voice. I mean, how about on the Kimmel? Yeah. I thought he sounded better on Kimmel doing Detroit Rock City than we've heard on the last couple of tours. I thought that was pretty amazing. Oh, I thought he sounded very improved over,
3: you know, the last couple of tours. And, I mean, it's it's, it's proof positive that the uh, surgery seemed to have worked. He'll never have 20 years ago of a voice back, but who will, you know? So, I mean, I I was very impressed with how he sounded. And, and you could tell he was working hard to control it, but that's what you got to do when you get up there. He, I mean, the guy's you know, belted it out for almost 40 years now. So, I mean, I, I was very impressed with how he did.
2: As far as myself, I really hope that he cuts the chatter in between songs down. A, because I like to be surprised. You know what I'm saying? I don't want yeah. I don't want him to telegraph every punch that's coming. <laughs> he does that I much. mean, if all of a sudden Dr. Love ended and they started playing Watching You without just like bang, boom, <laughs> right into it, wouldn't that blow your mind?
5: That'd be awesome.
2: And, like, I noticed on the Sonic Boom tour, they were doing, like, a couple songs where they would do that. They'd do Dr. Love and something else and something else, and I thought that was excellent.
3: And, you know, when I saw them in um, Nashville on that tour, it was before Modern Day Delilah became the opener. They were still opening with Deuce, and not Modern Day Delilah was fourth, and I think we were the second city to get Say Yeah. And they segued from Modern Day Delilah straight into Say Yeah, and it was awesome.
2: Wow, that had to be a trip to see. What was that like? Can you give us any more?
3: It was, well, I mean, it was really cool because, I mean, he told he told the audience before uh, Modern Day Delilah, he was like, we're going to do something from Sonic Boom, and he goes, we may even do two. And actually, I think on I was listening to podcasts back when I was just a casual listener. Firk um, was on was at the same show as I was, and he was recounting that story on that episode. And, uh, yeah, they broke it, it, it. Say Yeah, the intro to it is a great song to segue straight into. So it was, uh, yeah, it was really awesome i love it when when they go from one song right into another
2: so basically paul is such a showman and such a ringleader that i think he's relied too much on the verbal communication between the audience himself i remember there's times where he could just hold up a finger and the crowd would go nuts you know what i mean and i'd like to see some of that come back I want more stories
3: about nurses
2: well there's (laughs) always room for nurses and love gun girls what, what about the rest of the band? You know, we talked about Paul's voice. What about the rest of the band? I thought that uh, Tommy hitting those pickups were, you know, going between the two different pickups and making that toggle effect. I loved how he rode that out all the time.
5: Oh, yeah. Tommy was definitely great. And, you know, I, I heard a little bit – I saw this on the message boards, so then I went to watch uh, Detroit Rock City back, and I did notice that it sounded a little heavier than usual.
2: It did kind of sound heavy. What did you think, Chris? I I think it did. I'm not
3: sure if that's a, if that was a matter of them tuning down a little. I don't know. Maybe that, that's a good idea. I mean, it did. It had a a lot of punch to it. And you know, could it, you could also give credit to the you know sound mixers on the Kimmel show because usually TV sound is horrible for live performance, but they usually do good on that show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they sounded good. And, and I, it's one of those things where sometimes Kiss sounds better when they're a little less rehearsed. Like if you, if you hear them at the beginning of a tour, sometimes you can get some really good raw performances out of that. And uh, I kind of noticed that on the Kimmel show it was like you you could hear a little bit more of the passion rather than going through the
1: motions and how to played it. What about you, Matt? What did you think of the Kimmel performance? You know what I liked it. I thought they seemed a little more just. It was slowed down a little bit. I thought that's why it was sounding a little heavier. It was a little more kind of like the album. It was funny because la- that week that the tickets went on sale and the week that they announced the tour. It was just Kids Week, so I was watching a ton of stuff, and I was watching that 1984 Animalize, where every song is a thousand miles an hour, and you go, "Wow, they're playing really fast." So in a way, when you hear it slowed down just a little bit, it's just like they're not racing to get through it. They were just, even though we had to sit through that whole show of that girl talking backwards, which was, <laughs> you know, so interesting. But the, uh, you know, it was it was great. They seemed really relaxed. Everybody seemed to be having a great time. I thought it sounded fantastic. Cuff off. Anyone pick huh? that one up? What is it?
2: <laughs> I, just, I just said fuck off backwards.
1: Ah, <laughs> good one.
2: <laughs> but it's weird because uh, there was a time when we were all saying the Kiss was playing too slow. Like when they were doing the Rock the Nation tour. Some of those were so much like the album that there was like a drag to it. The Detroit Rock City from the other night had a crunch and a heaviness – and it was just right. Yeah. Agreed. So all the three bears here thought that that performance was just right. Just right. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or all the Goldilocks is here thought it was just
5: right. Hi, this is Lydia Chris, and I want to congratulate the podcast for doing the show for over five years.
2: This shows how much things have come. When the reunion happened... We all heard about it on the radio or saw it on TV or maybe on entertainment tonight, you know, the press clip. This time, we could actually see the two bands at the press conference. We saw George Lopez introduce them. We saw new costumes. We saw two bands announce the tour, and people take questions, and then boom, we're watching them on TV later that night. It shows you just how much things have changed and how close – we can get just by sitting in our offices or living rooms or wherever you have a computer screen or an iPhone or whatever and watch this history unfold on a daily basis now. But
1: did you did you follow the countdown clock? You know, both the Motley page and the KISS online had that countdown clock. It down to five, four, three Two, one, zero, it fades off the screen, and then nothing happened. And literally, I'll I admit, I sat there for a good couple of minutes staring at the screen like a moron, waiting for all of a sudden the page was going to transform into <laughs> this new monster layout. No, we were, we're going to see a curtain drop, and you want to measure? Creaky, creaky, creaky. And then, you right away, and it goes to Facebook, and it's just, did I miss something? <laughs> Is something happening? And it was a countdown to wait for another half hour to that. Right. Half hour. Like, yeah, i, believe I you there. realize
2: you're not just getting one band. It's it's kind of like you know the show starts at nine. Yeah, sure it does. But you had two bands you had to get lined
1: up and <laughs> make sure George well, Lopez was there. Right. And well, you know, so it wasn't up. like it's Gums and Roses. You know, it would start three hours later. We would still know, be I, waiting for that.
3: First yeah, right. <laughs> well, but I I didn't follow the. Countdown clock, like down to zero, because I was I was in the middle of vacation at the time. But um, I went back and I, I checked the internet later, and it's reading about people getting pissed off about you know the the clock ran out. And then we had to wait another half hour, and, and I could I was all I could think of was the uh, the losing sound that you hear on The prices, Right. It, it actually it kind <laughs>
5: of sucked for me because me and my friend sat there for the last hour talking on Skype waiting, and then nothing happened.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, it was probably, they came on at 5.30 and then they probably didn't start till about 20 or 6. So it's like, and it was a live stream that was coming through for about 11 minutes where it looked like a freeze frame. And I was talking to my friend Bob and he even made a comment kind of similar to what you said, Ken, it was in the old days you never knew anything. Now we're actually we're ready before they are. You know, we're exactly. waiting. He exactly. was sitting and watching on his smartphone at work, you know, his his own break from work, sitting there watching it. Literally you're watching them set up for their press conference that we're all waiting for. Okay, here they come. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: And it's weird because I was texting back and forth with a KISS fan who was watching it on the other coast. And it was just so weird to to be to have that intimacy of the immediate now. It was just Absolutely. so very cool. But the weird thing is is that we all got to see a press conference and that means we could all complain and bitch about the press <laughs> conference as well on message boards and Facebooks all around the world. And it's weird because in the last couple of days I've heard that KISS and Motley Crue uh don't care about the working people because they're not free apparently and that this is a cash grab, which I thought all rock and roll shows were. I don't know too many people that do them for free. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting seeing in that twenty four hour cycle we got to see KISS perform, find out that they might be doing dancing with the stars, doing the match March Madness basketball thing and uh and, and and the tour announcement all within a very short amount of time we all got to complain about it as well (laughs) and it's weird because i remember back in the days 16 magazine or hit parader magazine circus or cream that's where we got our news from or the radio there was no mtv there was no streaming youtube clip and uh, it's my how the times have changed absolutely i often wonder how kiss fans would have reacted back in the
1: day you know, I think it's it's interesting. Somebody started a real cool thread like that on the KISS fact that, that it was like, let's pretend that the message board, it's 1979, and they just announced Dynasty. And, and you know, and people were reacting kind of in a funny way, like, oh, gee, do you think we're going to get new costumes? Do you think they might really make a disco song? You know, it's just like, and that's the thing now. That's, I think, probably the biggest difference with everything. It's because everything is kind of blown out before it even gets a chance because everybody has to weigh in right away. Well, this is what I think. That's what I think. This is going to suck. It's expensive, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking earlier, remember, we'd take it straight dollars. And it's like, you know, it's just different. So.
2: Well, I remember back during the Love Gun, uh, when, when, when that album came out, the first two pictures I saw of Kiss was the actual Love Gun album cover and then the pictures of them standing on the cube. And I don't know how much cooler those outfits were than... The ones that came out this last week, or or any of the other Kiss costumes, because we all like what we like, we dislike what we dislike. But I know that if it was the first time, we would have heard, "Why is he got a garter on his leg? Come on, <laughs> what's that all about? What does what does Bandoleros have to do with a cat? I want cat costume on him." You know? <laughs> I don't see anything spacey about Ace's outfit that looks like something from an air conditioner, uh, you know, (laughs) or something. I I don't know what a demon would have to do with those uh, sparkly things on the front of Gene's costume. So it's, again, like my brother
1: said, it looks like Kiss. You know what, that would probably be an excellent topic for a whole other podcast would be, you know, the people, the the reaction of the Internet, only because of the fact that I think we've talked about this before, but even the makeup the makeup gimmick could never work ever again for any other band because everybody has a cell phone, and everybody would get a shot of them within two seconds without the makeup and instantly spread it, and the gimmick would be blown in five minutes. And, I mean, it's just you couldn't do it. And and even if you've ever read, like if you read that um, Casbah, the Casablanca uh, book and they talk about their relationship with all the magazines and being able to create the image by working with every magazine to really sh- kind of sculpt the image that they wanted for KISS. Now, there's so much of everything constantly going out. You know, nobody has control over their image the way that KISS did in the 70s because of that, I think.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Some of the uh, online reaction uh, this is from Anomaly. He called Paul's costume the Robo-Vulture 5000. Uh, someone I know and love called uh, Paul's outfit the black chicken. <laughs> the chicken hawk strikes again. That was another one. Uh, someone said that not only did Jean's spikes look very weird, but they looked like dildos. Now here's the thing. You wanna talk about dildos? Does anybody have a computer screen and can you see Jean's costume? Maybe it's an homage to
3: Shannon because she's from Dildo, Newfoundland. <laughs> Are
2: you serious?
3: She is from Dildo, Newfoundland.
2: Dildo, Newfoundland. Oh my god. Okay. Well is there is there a candy corn? Newfoundland, um, but if you if you guys can get a picture of Gene's costume, look at what is his cod piece or around his belt. You will actually see a reptilian penis if I you don't look.
1: See that? You know, you should make the little icon for this show that Photoshop one that you made, where all these things are so clearly visible.
2: <laughs> but. Uh, I was speaking to a female KISS fan, and I said, what do you think about the Gene's new armor and all that stuff? She said, did you see the front of his costume? And I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? Take a look around his cod piece again. I'm like, what? She says, you, you can't see it. And I said, I honestly don't see it. And she said, look here. And I went, oh, my God. And there is a huge reptilian penis on the front of Gene's current costume. <laughs>
3: Oh, wait, I've got a conspiracy theory. Maybe the costume was designed by a disgruntled Disney
2: artist. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, the weird thing is is that we, as guys, don't pick up on a lot of stuff that a woman can pick up on. I'm thankful I didn't
3: pick up on that, but I wish you had not
5: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nothing to be distracting when I see them live.
2: <laughs> now, here's a little bit of Family Jewels' uh notice notification. Did anyone notice Gene wearing his ring, not only during the press conference, but during the performance of calling Dr. Love in Detroit Rock City? Yes. Well, very interesting.
3: I saw an interview with him not long ago where he was wearing the ring and he said that it was Shannon made sure it was sized a size too small so he couldn't get it off anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, according to KISFAC and Wonderful, great place to get information, much more than just a message board. The Kimmel performance took place at on, during Jimmy Kimmel Live at the El Capitan Theater, the outdoor lot. The promoter was ABC Studios, Jack Hole Productions, and Bud Light. Their attendance was approximately 500. The sound check was Wildflower and TNT with No Gene or Paul. Detroit Rock City, Detroit Rock City, and Calling Dr. Love. The set list that people got to see off camera and on camera was Detroit Rock City, Calling Dr. Love, Cold Gin, and Shout It Out Loud.
0: Someone, somewhere is needing to hear from you. Someone needing to know that you care. Care enough to give the gift of podcast. Tell a friend about podcast today. Download us on iTunes, friend us on Facebook, and rock your ass out, Podcast.
2: Aren't you guys surprised that they didn't talk about Monster at all? Really,
5: very surprised. Very I, surprised. I was expecting something.
3: I, somebody made a post on one of the message boards. I saw, and it, they made a really excellent point: is they're not, they don't need at this point. They don't need to hype Monster. They can keep that in their they can keep that car in their deck until they're ready to use it, because right now they're just going to, they're going to milk the uh, tour announcement for everything it's worth, and then, then they still have time for after the tour stuff dies down, then Monster comes out and get a whole new set of uh, press exposure for that.
2: And a whole nother reason to tour.
3: Right. So it's, I, mean, I, I can see why they would think that. Well, I think that's probably a, a big reason why they didn't talk much about it.
2: Well, don't you think that back in the days, a tour was Made to, to to promote an album or a single. Yeah. Now the album is to promote the tour.
3: Yeah, it's the other way around. That's where all the money is. is the tours.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely where all the money is. So, are we all excited, guys? Are you, who's, absolutely. Is, who's 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 going to see Kiss this year? Oh, or this I, summer. I
5: am. Think all of us. Yeah, I'm
3: definitely going to the Nashville show.
2: Okay, Chris
1: is going to the Nashville show. Matt, I'm going to opening night in Virginia. I'm Lucky. going to Homedale and Lucky. Camden in the same week, which is, I think, Holm, Holmdel is a Friday, Camden is a Wednesday, and there's a rumor that there's a New York, New Jersey Kiss Expo the Saturday prior to everything, which will make that a Officially, Kiss Week here on the East Coast around the middle of September. So uh, pretty excited about that. I'm really excited about going on that opening night. And I w- have been to Bristow only one other time, which was when they actually recorded Rock the Nation. And that is a nice venue. And that's a Friday night, too. So uh, you figure Friday in the middle of the summer, that's going to be a fun night.
3: And we, we have one of the only uh, indoor shows here in Nashville on the tour because we don't have an amphitheater anymore. So they're playing the arena here.
1: Yeah.
2: So Cassius, you're going to see the show where?
5: Toronto, Ontario.
2: And that's, that's a small little leap for you guys. What is that, a 13 hour drive? Um, 19. 19 Eight. hour drive.
5: Oh, Yeah. But, um, we, we're looking wow. into getting a flight. But we're looking into getting a flight because that's just so far, uh, to drive that sucks. <laughs> you know, your I dad, really don't feel like driving there. Your, your dad
2: really really loves you that's all i can tell you sure does round kind of applause for
1: your dad <laughs> yeah. smattering of applause <laughs> for pop you wow. the best hi this is bruce Kulick, and you're listening to podcast all right here we go take two hi this is bruce Kulick, and you're listening to pod kiss the best
2: Holly oh, is opening up as chris laid on us earlier in the KISS News of the day, and uh, what do you guys think about that? Are we glad that this isn't like an Aerosmith situation? Or
5: yeah, even though I have nothing against Aerosmith,
3: well, it seems like there's more goodwill between the bands than the Aerosmith Kiss thing. I, I mean, I, you know, and I know a press conference is where everyone makes nice and everything, but I really got a sense that, that the two that the two groups really do respect each other. I don't think I don't think Mick Mars is a fan of Kiss. I could tell that, but I think like Vince. You know, it was very complimentary of Kiss, and then Paul was very complimentary of Motley Crue. But I got a sense that they, they do respect each other.
2: And Paul went out of his way to try to make Mick feel good. At one point, someone asked Mick, and he seemed to be irritated by the question if he was up to it or how is he going to deal with the pain, and he said, I just ignore it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul said something like, uh, Mick was kicking my ass backstage. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Mick couldn't hear him, so Mick said, "What?" and Paul said, "You were kicking my ass backstage." What? <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, maybe back in '84 or something like that."
3: <laughs> well, because Mick has openly criticized Kiss over the years, how you know how cause a lot of people are like, "Oh, Motley Cruz is heavily influenced by Kiss," and he's like, "Not me, you know. I'm in the Paul Butterfield Blues Band and all that stuff." and but, well,
2: out of, out of all the guys, nothing against anyone else in Motley Crue, out of all the guys in Motley Crue, Mick was the musician of the band.
3: Oh, yeah. sure. He was kind of the leader starting off.
2: So I can understand that because, you know, like someone, and this is, this I found very funny. Someone said, looking at these new costumes, it's hard to take Kiss seriously and i i said uh yeah well now you sound like my gym teacher back in 1976 <laughs> exactly now you what? sound like my uh best friend's dad who was an uh, army uh, he he was an air force corporal and i remember him sitting there with his buzz cut and kiss would come on tv and he would have the same kind of opinion you know <laughs> and that just shows you that kiss fans take this stuff way more serious than the band does themselves
5: I mean look yeah. at this we're doing a whole podcast about it yep. you know what I mean we're definitely taking it seriously
2: candy corn feathers <laughs> and crew oh my <laughs> candy, candy, feathers and crew oh my
0: hey, hey guys what's happening Oh, it's KISS everybody hey people what's happening we're going out on tour you heard already uh KISS monthly crew tour going out this summer Tour of the summer and the tickets go on sale on Friday Friday, be there or be sorry. You guys should think about
4: selling some merchandising on this tour. What Just a good idea! Something to think about.
0: Good idea. Will you do another song for us? Absolutely. You can Wonderful. go. Go backstage and put on your makeup. Thank you. Kiss everybody. The tour kicks off July 20th. Clean is off the air with a song calling Doctor
4: Love. You can see the full performance at dutykilllive.com. Once again, kiss. It's not tongue kiss. It's kiss. Let to see you.
2: Uh, we will not hear any monster songs on the tour from what we've heard.
3: Well, I've heard conflicting things about that. I've, uh, it's Because it, Paul has been kind of vague about that. But it, it, I mean, I guess it all depends on when the single drops. If the single drops, they might stick it in there.
2: So I I feel it's going to be the same uh, MOD as the Alive 35 to the Sonic Boom Tour happened, where it was still Alive 35 for a while then it morphed into the Sonic Boom Tour. I think we're going to see the tour eventually merge into the Monster Tour. Whether Motley Crue is with them at that point
1: or not, it will be seen. Right. I'm curious, do you think it's going to be a greatest hits tour for both bands? I mean, will Crue strictly do... All the songs that only like that everybody will know, or will they come out with stuff that maybe like dude, we were joking about it earlier? But somewhere on a on a crew podcast, somebody saying this, or that, or the other. Do crew fans argue over the songs the way Kiss fans argue over the songs? Well, we should hear something off of this because that would be super obscure and blah, blah blah. I
2: absolutely can tell you that Motley Crue fans argue as much about Kiss fans, and they also complain about the set list just like <laughs> Kiss fans. But but I honestly think that it is going to be a greatest hits tour. One prediction that I'm going to make, I'm going to go out on a limb, but I think we're going to see the return of God of Thunder. Agreed.
3: Yeah, yeah, it be an, yeah with the whole monster thing, I could see that. Yep. Well, that's, and that's that.
1: interesting. Do you think, and, and I've talked to a couple people, how cool would it be, since it's like the anniversary of crew opening for Kiss on Creatures, if they came out with Creatures as the opener? Because if we're talking monster – Creatures of the Night as the intro song. I think that would kick ass. I would love that. That would be great. I don't see it happening. I don't either, but I, mean, it would, be- but I would love to be proven wrong. I, I think I think that would make them just like an incredible opening with that bit of history in mind, and it's something they haven't really done lately. I mean, so I think it would be a real treat for the for the diehards, and on all those levels, you know. And and what would be a better way to be a monster than a creature?
2: Someone mentioned, wouldn't it be cool if Molly Crew wore the same, uh, outfits from the Shadow of the Devil tour? And then I thought, well, what would Black Veil Brides wear?
1: <laughs> they bought them all at a yard sale for at Nikki's house. It would have been yeah.
3: interesting to have them open, being the third opening, you know, the first
2: opening. I personally, that would be a clincher for probably my gang is, is if Black Veil Brides did open. That would it be would. great. It'd be a great cross-generational
1: lineup do you think they're going to play, like, only 90 minutes each? I mean, if they – if kids and crew each do two hours, you know, and and but I can't not, imagine
3: – They're doing it. 90 minutes each. They really? It. Yeah. Uh.
1: I was hoping for not a shorter KISS show, to be honest with you.
2: Same well, here. That's one of the problems when you're dealing with... Bottom line is you either get a band that's coming out on their first album tour that's going to do a shortened set list, or you're going to have two Titans
1: that are going to cut it in half, and that's it's just the way it is. Well, you know, on Poison Open, on Rock the Nation, Poison did about a 45-minute something set, and it was, and it was clearly a greatest hit set, and their band was arguably... You know, a pretty good fan base, but they didn't treat it like they were a co-headliner or anything like that. They played their thing. There were three bands. I mean, when I saw them that night, they had... um, ZO2? ZO2, right. That was the opening band. It was ZO2, then Poison, then Kiss. And and it was clearly, it was the Kiss show. Even though everybody loved Poison, they were great on that tour, but it was clearly the Kiss tour.
2: I thought that Poison was a tremendous opener for kids. It was fun. And I look at the current Van Halen tour, they've had cool in the gang opening and a lot of people are scratching their head going, well why would you do that? But to me it makes perfect sense. They're both party bands. Right. You know, it may be two different genres
1: of music, but the genre of party music, they're both there. Yeah, poison exactly, because they poison played every song you know, totally upbeat. You know, and I, I thought that was, I mean, you figure that's probably the last time on a tour we've had a good opening band. I mean, the last couple tours, the opening bands, I mean, my friend says, hey, I don't care who's opening because I'm eating nachos out, you know, and drinking a beer, but it is nice when you're paying some extra cash and if you're going to get somebody at least worth watching. And in the last tour, forget it. Those opening bands, you know, were terrible. Mm -hmm. And Molly
2: Crew has tons of fun music. Uh, so I think it's it's a pretty good fit. And yeah. what do you think about the balls of calling it the tour? It's the tour of the summer. There's no doubt about it. I saw Rolling Stone made a little blurb about the arrogance of calling it the tour.
3: Of course, Rolling Stone's going to get yeah. it. Right?
2: <laughs> well, well, who are they going to get excited? Edie Brickell and the <laughs> Bohemians <laughs> reunion? What? <laughs> oh, Paul Simon's back out on the tour. <laughs>
1: Dan Fogelberg, Jackson Brown, The Tour. Titans of Folk. People you don't give two craps about. Jerry Garcia's urn, live on stage. We can't wait.
3: There's a lot of people that would actually pay to see that. Yep.
2: <laughs> so I think the KISS fans and crew fans are ready to party up this summer. Dr. Love meets Dr. Good. I think it's going to be a good time. So, for everybody out there, uh, this is the Podcast Gang saying, See ya. You guys say, see ya.
4: see ya. See ya. And have a good time out on the road. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the Podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com big thanks to julian and everyone at kissfaq.com they've got great information there and a terrific message board too
2: thanks also to keith larue and everyone else at kiss online for their great work representing the hottest
4: band in the land and as always a big thanks to paul stanley gene simmons ace fraley peter chris vinnie vincent bruce kulik eric singer tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great eric carr and the late great mark st john you are kiss and we are your army Podcast is created by the Kiss Army for the Kiss Army and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with Kiss or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken and the whole rest of the podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast the Kiss Fanzine for your ears.
0: I got a rock